Hey everyone, welcome to the Complicated Heart Podcast. On today's show, I'm continuing in the series on gaslighting. Today's show is part three, how do we stop generational gaslighting? If you want to go back and listen to parts one and two, head to episodes 30 and 32, which describe gaslighting and what to do if you've been gaslit. First, let's do a quick review of what gaslighting is. Gaslighting is a slow and systematic manipulation that causes you to question your reality, your perception of the truth as you have seen it and experienced it. And more specifically, gaslighting is manipulating someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. When you are gaslit, your sense of reality is skewed. You aren't sure what is true and what isn't, and your own perceptions and emotions seem confusing and untrustworthy. Often you have no words for this experience because it's honestly just so confusing. You just know you feel crazy and you are usually angry at yourself for your own emotions and so-called sensitivity. Now, real quick, just because somebody gaslights you doesn't necessarily mean that they are doing it on purpose. Uh, Sometimes they're doing it and they're not even aware that they are doing it. You can still be being gaslit and somebody may not even know they are doing it to you, which actually brings us to today's topic. Because if you grew up with someone who gaslit you on the regular, you may have a tendency to gaslight others and not even know it. So my husband and I were playing a game recently, a board game, and we were playing with other people. And there was like a move that was about to happen. And so he was trying to convince the other person like of what to do. And I was being like, no, do do that, do this. And we were just kind of like, you know, trying to win our points because that's part of this game. You know, you can convince other people to do things or not do things. And it started to get like, I could tell my husband was getting really frustrated. And then I was getting frustrated. And I was like, stop overreacting. Why are you overreacting? Anyway, we were kind of going back and forth. And he all of a sudden says... You are gaslighting me. And I was like, whoa, buddy. Like, do not pull out that word. And I mean, I got nasty. Like, I was angry. And I was like, don't pull out words that you don't really understand what you're saying. I mean, I was so upset. And then I was like, you're just really overreacting. This is really dumb. And then a couple minutes later, like, we moved on. And then a couple minutes later, he's like, I don't want to play the game anymore. Like, so-and-so take my spot. And I was like, you can't quit. You don't quit a game that you start. And he was like, I don't want to play anymore. Now, in the 16 years that I had been married to my husband, he has never quit a game. Like when he starts a game, he finishes. And we teach our kids the same thing. Like if you start a game with somebody, like even if you're frustrated or you're losing or whatever, you finish the game. You be a good sport. This is how how it goes. And so I was literally shocked and I was so irritated and I was like, I cannot believe you're quitting. And I also cannot believe you threw out that word to me, especially because you know my history and all of those things. And he just like ended up walking away. He was really frustrated, upset. I was upset. And finally I was like, I must have really like offended or hurt my husband because I don't understand why he's upset. Like I just figured he was overreacting and like throwing a tantrum because he was losing the game or losing the argument or whatever. And I was like, but I got to make this right. I got to figure this out. So I go to the bedroom where he was and I was like, listen, can we talk about this, please? Like, I know I must have done something to really 
like set you off, but I don't know what I did because I thought we were just being like normal competitive, like, and this is how we play the game. And, and like, you really just, it seemed like overreacted and he was so upset. I mean, I had clearly triggered something in him and you know, he was sort of explaining, he goes, Sarah, I wasn't upset that you were like arguing for your position in the game. Like what we always do with this game. I don't care about that. He goes, yeah, you totally bulldozed me, but even that I don't care about, like even that I can get over. He goes, what frustrates me is he goes, you were doing the exact same thing as me, but then you flipped the script, the script. And you were like, why are you, you know, overreacting? Like, what's wrong with you? Like, move on, blah, blah, blah. Like, he, he goes, you went from playing the game to completely changing the subject and making it personal and making it like, um, like, why are you doing this? Why are you acting like this? Even though you were doing the same thing. And so I was really trying to listen to him because when he threw out that word gaslighting, like when he said to me, you are gaslighting me. Everything in me was like, he has no idea what he's saying. He's not saying the right thing. Like, this is not how you apply gaslighting. Like, I'm super offended by this, that you would use that word. And it just really ruffled me. But when I was outside with my friends, before I went to talk with my husband, I was telling them what happened. And I was, you know, and they, and they both started laughing. And they were like, so you did gaslight him. And I was like, what? No, that's not gaslighting. And I was like, ugh. You know, like, nobody else is seeing this right. And so, you know, I go, you know, I'm talking to him, I'm back talking with him, and I think, okay, Sarah, like, maybe just really, really listen, because I have been learning about, you know, more about gaslighting, and I've been learning about narcissism, which I'm going to get to in a minute, and I don't want to be these things. Like, I don't want to be a narcissist. I don't want to be a gaslighter. I don't want to be something who isn't willing to see my own error, my own sin, whatever it is. And so I just kept asking the Lord, like, God, please help me to actually hear what my husband is saying. And at first he was explaining, and I was still in my brain, like, no, mm -mm, he's not seeing this right. He's totally not seeing it right. Like, he's wrong. And just, and, and that made him even more frustrated because he goes, he goes, the thing that really upsets me, Sarah, is he goes that you actually don't see what you're doing. Like, you don't even see that you are doing this. And when he said that, I thought, maybe I do have a blind spot. Like, because I told him, I go, I really don't see, like, I don't see what you're saying. And right then and there, I really had to pray in that moment and just say like, God, if I have a blind spot here, please tell me, like, please show me what I am not seeing. And so I said to my husband, I need you to keep explaining how this is gaslighting. Like, keep explaining to me what I did. And he did. He he really was thorough and he explained it. And I finally started to see how he could use that term, which he did, he did apologize. He was like, I really shouldn't have said that. I'm really sorry. Like, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have used that word. I knew it would upset you. Um, but the reality was I was gaslighting him. Like that's exactly what I was doing. Him and I were doing the same thing in the game. And I literally did. I flipped the script and I made it as though he was crazy and I was right. And I was like 
you know, you're not seeing this correctly and you're so react, like just totally making light of his feelings, totally make of making light of everything and changing the subject, like doing all of these things, which were making him feel crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you changing the subject? Why are you, you know, why are you flipping everything? And the reality is, even though it's a subtle form of gaslighting, it's still gaslighting. And if I'm going to be somebody who is honest and somebody who wants to be free of any abusive tendencies that I have in myself, then I'm going to have to face my own sin and say, whoa, buddy, like, oh my gosh, like maybe I have a blind spot here and maybe I do have some abusive tendencies. Like maybe this is a natural pattern for me to gaslight and I don't even know I'm doing it because I sat under it for so long. And it's not an excuse for my behavior, but it just helps to explain it and helps me to then come into the light. And so, and I had known some other tendencies, like after reading my mom's journals and after explaining to my husband some of the ways that my mom would gaslight me, you know, he said to me, like, that's what you do to me. Like, that is what you do to me sometimes. And I have had to take a step back and recognize those areas in myself where I gaslight or manipulate. Um, And it's hard to do that, you guys. It is hard and it is painful, but it is so important. So how do you know if you are gaslighting others? How do you become more self-aware? Like, let's say you're like me and, and you're learning these things and you don't even see it, but you've been gaslit, you know, you've, you've, you've been uh, around people in your formative years who manipulated you or verbally or emotionally abused you. And this has sort of become a natural pattern in your relating style that you just don't even know or see. So, so how do you know if you're gaslighting others? How do you become more self-aware? Well, here, here's what you do. <laughs> you ask God to show you. And when, keyword here, when he does, because he will in his kindness, because he wants to set you free, and he, and he wants us to not be sinning, and he also wants to heal our wounds. So when he does, pay attention and listen with humility. It will be hard because you won't see it at first. You'll want to defend yourself and say, that's not what I'm doing, because it's hard to be confronted with the truth. But if it's God telling you, it will be kind and you will not feel discouraged, but rather free. And here's what I mean by that. That's not to say that it's not going to hurt or... um, it won't be painful when that realization comes to you that perhaps you are gaslighting others, but that's just the truth rubbing up against our pride. But God is tender and he will guide us into the truth if we're willing to hear it and see it. And so here's the thing with God. He is really, really kind and he is really tender and he is really gentle. And it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So if it's from the Lord and we have asked him, you know, and we're learning these things and we want to be free and we ask him, Lord, show, show me where I am repeating these generational patterns in my own family or in friendships or with my kids or whatever, show me. And then um, when he does, he'll do it in a way that is gentle. So my husband was not gentle at first. 
But when I surrendered to the Lord in that moment, which was extremely difficult because it was rubbing up against my pride and my genuine sense that I was right because I really thought I was, God in His kindness began to sort of ease my spirit and let me know, like, just listen, just listen, just listen. And the more I listened, the more tenderhearted my husband got. And I knew that he was for me. My husband was for me and he was telling me the truth. And God is for me. And so he was using my husband. At first it was not good, but then it was good. And God will teach us and guide us with gentleness and tenderness. Okay, so you've got to be willing to hear it. You've got to be willing to see it. Now, let me tell you what a narcissist does when confronted. Because some of us might have some narcissistic traits if we've grown up under narcissism and gaslighting. So this is what a narcissist will do. They will refuse to see that they are wrong, or they will brush over it with a general, I'm sorry, and they will not be sorrowful over the specifics. So I can tell you that I think that I probably have some narcissistic tendencies in me, which the Lord is freeing me of, which I am so grateful for, that there is hope in Jesus to be free of these things. And when I was listening to my husband, my first instinct was to just say, I'm really sorry. Like, I'm really sorry I messed up and, you know, like, let's move on. That's not actually being sorry and it's not actually recognizing with specificity what you have done to harm somebody or hurt somebody. And it's not really listening. And I knew that. And so (laughs) with God's help and by His grace, because on my own, my instincts are to defend myself and, um, (laughs) to be prideful. And instead, I kept thinking, Sarah, don't be a narcissist. (laughs) Like, listen to what your husband is saying. Like, listen, really listen. And then be specific in your apology. Like, how did you actually harm him? What did you do wrong? Where, what is your blind spot here? And keep listening until you know. And if you don't know, ask the Lord to keep showing you what it is. And so then being able to actually say to my husband, like, once I finally got it, you know, once I kept listening and kept praying, and then I was actually be like able to genuinely say, oh my gosh, I did gaslight you. And I'm so sorry that I flipped the script on you when we were both doing the exact same thing and then I made you feel crazy. Like I flipped the script and I was totally blaming you and totally putting it all on you and basically being like, calm down, what's wrong with you? Da, da, da. Even though um, I had done the same thing. I mean, just it, just listening to him and praying in the spirit and just realizing like, Sarah, apologize with specificity and have true sorrow. Like there was true sorrow in my heart, like the more I listened and I needed to repent of that behavior. And so the, so the thing about narcissistic traits is that <laughs> you're going to want to refuse to, to acknowledge with specificity what you have done wrong. That's what a narcissist will do. Um, Or like I said, they'll brush over it with a general apology. So a narcissist, by the way, simply put, is someone who has an inflated sense of their own importance, a deep need for excessive attention and admiration. They have troubled, troubled relationships and a lack of empathy for others. But behind this mask of extreme confidence lies a fragile self-esteem 
that's vulnerable to the slightest criticism. So Chuck DeGroat, he is a pastor and an author, and he talks about narcissism this way. He says, narcissism is an addiction to self, not our true self hidden with Christ in God, but a grandiose entitled part of us that takes over like a rogue sailor who declares mutiny. One who is diagnosably narcissistic is out of touch with their deepest core, inaccessible, immobilized, incapable of real intimacy. They inflict pain on those closest to them because they cannot love because they are not living in love. A narcissist, derived from a Greek word which means numb, is one who has robbed, who has been robbed of a God-given desire to live for and love others and is entranced by his own image. A narcissistic is a self-worshipper. He can look like the image-driven salesman or the arrogant entrepreneur or the success-addicted pastor or the self-interested politician. They are men and women who feign apathy, appearing to be for others, but who ultimately live for their own good. They enter a room noticing the most powerful person in the room only to see life as a competition that must be won. That's from Chuck DeGroat, author and pastor. So a big indicator of someone with narcissistic tendencies is to not admit with specificity how they have hurt you when you confront them. So personal example, Uh, with my mom, no matter how much she hurt me and how much I tried to explain it, she would never or could never see it or apologize other than a brush over apology. And she would even turn it back to me by saying things like, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't have fought so hard for you girls. Or I thought you were different, Sarah. You were the one who would understand me, but you don't. You're just like the rest. This is classic narcissism, by the way. The good news is that with God's help, You can be freed from narcissism, and eventually, and this is just miraculous, my mom was freed from it, at least to an extent, and it was really shocking because she actually apologized to me in specificity a year before she died. And you can read that whole story in my book, The Complicated Heart, Loving Even When It Hurts. The link is in the show notes. You can get it anywhere. You can go to thecomplicatedheart.com. It tells the whole story of how I learned to love and forgive my alcoholic mother. So now if you are really secure in the Lord, <laughs> I do recommend doing this, but you, you're really going to have to have an, you know, a strong identity in Christ, I think, or be really humble. You can ask a safe friend or a mentor or even your spouse where they see these traits in you. And it takes a ton of vulner- vulnerability to hear where you may have abusive tendencies. But if you never face them, you won't ever be free of them and you might pass them on to your children. It's painful to face our sin, but it is a severe mercy when we do, and we're willing to surrender to God's molding. And if we do this, we can, Lord willing, break the pattern of gaslighting in our family. We can stop generational gaslighting and narcissism. But We have got to get free, which means facing our own sin and the trauma that led to it, calling it out in ourselves, and letting a safe, gentle, 
person call it out when they see it in us. And if we have children, gently calling it out in them. (laughs) We cannot let it slide. It must be called out and replaced with healthy interactions and responses and the truth. So I saw a gaslighting tendency in one of my children, and I talked to my husband about it, and he recognized it as well. And we both realized, like, when we see this child doing this, then we have got to pull them aside and gently call them out on it, like gently um, tell them what they're doing, teach them what it is, tell them what they're doing, and then teach them how to interact in a kind, appropriate, healthy, godly way. And so that's what we have to do with our kids. It's not going to fix itself, and it will just become a deeper habitual pattern if we let it go. This is not something you can let go. When you see it in yourself, you see it in your kids, you have got to call it out and learn how to react in appropriate, healthy, emotionally healthy ways. If you don't know how to do that, get a counselor, talk to a safe friend, get a mentor, um, read some books on it if you have to, listen to podcasts, listen to the Place We Find Ourselves podcast, listen to the Dan Allender or the Allender Center podcast is is fantastic as well. Listen to my podcast (laughs) if you want to. Like We're going to continue to talk about these things. And we're doing it because we don't only want to be free for ourselves. We want to be generational bondage breakers. We want to set a precedent of freedom for those who come up under us, whether it's those we influence or our children. And if you have a spouse who is gaslighting you, if you have a spouse who has some narcissistic traits, you're going to have to call it out in them. And it's not going to be easy. And that's a whole other podcast episode that we can do. But it's really important that we speak the truth. We don't want to align with the kingdom of darkness. We want to align with the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is all about truth and bringing things into the light because that is where they can be healed. That is where we can be set free. And so that is why we do this. Okay, so if you want it gone, if you want to break these patterns, if you want to stop the generational cycle of gaslighting, narcissism, emotional abuse, if you want it gone, call it out every time. And when the enemy assaults you with accusations against you, especially when you're vulnerable because you're, you're, you're saying no to pride and yes to humility and surrender, the enemy is for sure going to assault you on this. And he may whisper voices into your mind like, <clears throat> I'll never change, or they just don't understand me. Pay attention to those kinds of declarations and conclusions, and you need to rebuke them. You need to disagree with them, and you need to agree with God and the truth. And we're going to talk more about how to discern the voice of God from the voice of our enemy and how to rebuke those kingdom of darkness voices in another episode. But for now, be willing and humble enough to learn if and where you might have a pattern of gaslighting or narcissism. Ask God to reveal to you, if you do, and how it expresses itself and to whom. And when He shows you, again, key word, when, because He will, He will show you because He wants to set you free. When He shows you, repent. Decide you don't want to do those things anymore. And ask God to help you turn from your sin. Be specific when He shows you how you have hurt others so you can repent 
with clarity and honesty. Stay alert, pray, surrender, listen, tell the truth, repent, be humble. We really cannot do any of these things in our own strength. It is going to be the grace of God and His help and the Spirit in us that is going to help us to do these things. We cannot do it on our own. But that is how you will begin to get free. And that's how you will be aligning with the kingdom of God to stop generational gaslighting. All right, friends, that's all I've got for you today. Make sure that you check back next week. We'll continue these conversations on gaslighting. I also have a couple really special interviews coming up. I think I'm going to do those on bonus days. If you like the show, I hope that you do, please pass it along to your friends and please consider leaving a review on iTunes. It really means a lot and it lets people know if they should listen to the show or not. So, all right, you guys, thanks so much and... I'll talk to you next week.